Hey guys, the last months are probably being the hardest I have ever experienced in regards to my mental health. I had a breakdown and it really scared me. It scared me to think that this could probably be part of the rest of my life, like something that will continue happening. I've always been a super happy person and having panic attacks are never been part of my life. It was hard to think that I was the one going through some of the issues and things that I actually podcast about. There's a saying in Spanish that says that you have to do what you preach others to do. So I knew exactly what I needed to do in theory, in paper. I know exactly how to control it, but putting it into action was something completely different. I'm going to start by telling you all why am I in the stage or the position that I knew I needed to go back to therapy. About two months ago, my grandma passed away. And if you hear my first episodes, you probably know that she meant the world to me. She was my mother in all senses. I grew up with her. My mom was there, but my grandma was the head of my house. She was the one working so hard to give us a roof. She fight for us. Like she will stop doing anything for herself to make sure that to make sure that we had what we needed as kids. And she was like that not only with us, but she was like that with everyone that she knew. She raises a bunch of nephews and my house was always full of people because of the great heart my grandma had towards others. I think when she passed away was a really hard part for me to accept it. So when she passed away, it was kind of like not a shocking moment because we knew it was coming. But mostly the acceptance part is what I think I in some sense, I think, or like to think that I was preparing myself to hear the news. She was the bravest and more responsible woman I have ever met. I mean, growing up with her was hard because she didn't know how to express her love. And as a girl, as a little girl, she did not get love. I don't think she knew what it was like, you know, to be real hug or kiss or just tell people that you love them. I don't think that she was ever, that she ever received that as a little girl. So she, of course, she didn't know how to be a loving grandmother or a loving mother per se. Although the only way that she knew how to express her love towards other people was by cooking, cleaning, providing for them, giving them a roof giving them clothes, working really hard for that. It's like all she could do was work really hard. I remember she will be sewing clothes. She'll be making food for sale for strangers. She will create raffles in the neighborhood, you know, like lottery raffles to be able to provide food for us. That is something so impressive from anyone because at this stage of life and at the level that I am, I don't have to do any of those things to be able to provide for my kids. So in my mind, when I think about this thing, it just blows my mind. The amount of love that, that this woman has for all of us. 
this wasn't easy because as a kid, you don't understand why was she mad all the time or you don't have any clue of the amount of responsibility she had on her shoulders to be carry on and to be a provider. Like you don't know these things as a kid. But as I grew up, I started knowing and understanding why she was so tired or so upset or so busy, right? Um, I started to respect her more and more. And the more I grew, the more I love her. Like it was just like the way I admire her for everything that she fought for. She fought cancer once when she was in her 20s. And <laughs> she lived a long life after that. And if it wasn't because of my grandma, I don't think I would be sitting down in a computer in a beautiful house in Italy looking at the mountains. I won't be able to do that because I honestly feel that without her, I wouldn't be here right now. And I am so extremely grateful for everything she did for me and my brothers and my sister. I have the opportunity to spend three years with her when we live in Texas. My husband had the option to go to Killeen, Texas, and I asked him to take it. I mean, deep inside, I knew that those three years were going to be vital to spend time, to be able to spend time with her. So I did. I was with her almost every day. We experienced a really grandmother and granddaughter relationship, like nothing we have ever experienced before. Now that she didn't have the massive amounts of responsibility in our work, we had an amazing and beautiful relationship. We were really good friends. We were able to get to the point of what a beautiful relationship is. And I am so deeply thankful for those three years because on the long run, I wouldn't have those. I, I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't have the opportunity to look back and think about, think about how grateful I am for everything she did for me. I'm sorry, guys, I'm getting really emotional because I think I'm still like in this period where I'm really brutal. My grandma got my grandma got sick with cancer again, you know, after so many years of battling that and being able to to be OK, she unfortunately got cancer and he spread all over her, her body. Um, after I left Texas, she got super sick and her life started to deteriorate. Her quality of life wasn't the same. And I had the opportunity to go see her maybe two months before she passed. I'm also grateful that she didn't have any pain to, you know, the nurses that went to the house to see her were able to give her medication to help her with all the pain that she went through. So we were all so grateful for that. The day she passed away, I was out having dinner with some friends that were leaving. I, I got home and I went to sleep. When I get the call about 6 a.m. from my sister in Panama, I mean, the time difference was already a signal that something was happening and something was wrong, but I didn't think of her. I was more thinking about my sister or my mom because my mom is right now in Panama 
she wasn't able to go see her mom. And I got the call and got frozen for a couple minutes. I could hear my mother in the background crying. She's devastated. My sister told me that she was going to give her something so she could sleep because she was doing really bad. So I hang up the phone and I call my husband to let him know that the news, because um, we all knew that she was really sick. And I mean, in our minds, that call was going to happen eventually, but she was not giving any signs of that she was doing really bad. Every time I call her, she was, I mean, she had some pain and everything, and we all thought that was normal, but they were controlling everything pretty good. So I guess in a certain way, you can never prepare yourself for a call like that. Um, after I hung up the call with my husband, I started hyperventilating. I was not able to control my breathing and it didn't matter how many yoga and pranayama I knew. I was out of control. Like I have never, ever felt before. I never knew how did it feel to lose someone that you love that much. And it was very hard. And people who doesn't know me will think that I am okay. Because life has to go on. You know, you can't really throw yourself at a couch and never again get up. You can't do that. Especially if you have kids, like it is summertime and I have to take my kids to swimming classes, track and field, you name it, because they are so active and I love that. So I have to sacrifice and get up every day and continue leaving like everybody else in my family must be feeling right now. And I am a very lucky person. I just really am, you know, and just the fact of how my life has turned around and the things that had happened to me in certain ways. Uh, very lucky person and I'm also guided by the universe and God. And I know it. And I have made amazing friends here in Italy. People who I truly care for. And not your typical hanging out with your friend for coffee. Like I made real and truly amazing connections. People who I truly care for and that is reciprocated. My friends have been there for me. They've been there when I needed them the most. Now, not everyone will ever understand what you are feeling, but everyone is different. Everyone will show their love in different ways. After my grandma passed away, I went rock climbing twice with some friends. First time we went was because I really wanted to get my mind out of everything. Um, it went well. We had a good time and we climbed, not the whole thing, but we did half of it and it was quite okay. Um, I did feel my palms sweating a little bit in a couple of the parts where I couldn't reach the rocks to climb into the next one, but um, nothing that I will be scared of my life. I'm not afraid of heights. I'm actually really good with heights. I can't do things, so I wasn't concern about the heights um, because it went very well my friend decided to take us to a more advanced cliff so there goes the second time we're going rock climbing and that's when I had my first panic attack I was up in that rock thinking I was going to die I 
think rock climbing is not only your physical condition. I think that in order to navigate through the climb, you also have to mentally prepare yourself. And a day before going rock climbing, I had an AKG done because I had pain in my heart twice. The results for the AKG came out and it was abnormal. And I got out of the clinic in tears thinking, you know, about that because obviously I just passed through recent death of my grandma and I'm receiving this news. So it didn't help. My mental part was not really rock climbing. I was just having all of these thoughts going on and on and on, right? So I think today my feelings are more normal. I was under stress because of the death of my grandma and getting results that your heart is abnormal was not good. So of course, after all that, I went rock climbing on an advanced claim, not the most smart decision at all. But I understand myself. I know sometimes I do things like this ones <laughs> to escape reality. I have done it in the past and I know it. Now, some people take drugs, some go get drunk in alcohol, some others take worse decisions. I am not saying mine was healthy, but I am saying it could be worse. And I know that I was responsible for putting myself in that position of rock climbing um, on the level of mental instability that I was having at the moment. Um, I know and I take full responsibility for it. I shouldn't have known better not to go on an advanced climb when I wasn't ready for it, not mentally. And I didn't blame any of my friends for taking me there. I blame myself for not maybe also doing the part of researching and kind of reading more of the reviews of what the climb was going to be and what to expect, right? Um when I got stuck in one of the rocks and I started panicking, my whole body was shaking. I wasn't able to move. I got stuck in a difficult position because I needed to pull my whole body up with my arms and I didn't have the strength to do it. I, I started crying and panicking. Um, I keep telling them that I wasn't going to be able to do it. You know, I think everyone there knew I could. They knew I was in panic. They gave me plenty of time to get myself together and end up the climb. But I was feeling, um, I was feeling pretty horrible. I think I cried for the next two days. I was crying because I was feeling weak and sad. I am a very proud person. And I think I get that from my grandma. You know, I, I, I'm very proud of myself for everything that have been accomplished or been able to accomplish in life. I am my number one cheerleader. <laughs> but this time I, I was ashamed. I, I feel so sad. I was not able to have any control whatsoever. So I took the decision to call my therapist and immediately got an appointment. Look, I know I truly do. And I know how I feel when I was up in that rock. And after we came down, that feeling of people looking at you like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. You were not able to, to you can, you did good. But, you know, like deep inside, like I did not did good. You know what I mean? And then my friend keeps telling me like, yeah, some people cannot even do what you're doing right now. And I'm like, this is not making me feel any better. <laughs> it's just not making me feel any better. I still feel really bad. But, you know, at the end, like that look that people give you, like you're weak. and 
I'm not weak and I know I'm not. I am brave and I am smart and I know my value. I know what I can bring into the table, but that doesn't mean I am the strongest climber in the world. And I shouldn't feel bad for not being able to do well, but it was unavoidable. That feeling was stalking me. Next days, I was a mess, a whole mess. My husband didn't even knew what was wrong with me. And I tried to explain, but sometimes it's hard to understand other people. It's not easy to understand what someone else is going through, what's in your head, or try to explain what's happening in your head to somebody else. If you never experience something like that, you're not going to be able to understand. I mean, I don't like when people feel pity for you because we are all exposed to the same experiences in life. At some point in life, you will have this feeling when someone died. That is very close to you. It will make you think that you will eventually die as well. And not everyone will be happy with that feeling. Not everyone will be okay with thinking that you could eventually be gone. It is scary. And I don't think I will have to think about these things unless you have attachment into the world. And I don't mean attachment to things. I mean attachment to people. And those are my kids. They are my Number one reason what I will be scared of dying. I don't want to leave them. I want to live a long life. I want to be able to see their children. So yes, I went back to therapy and I am very happy to say it. I am not ashamed. I am proud because knowing that you need help is the number one reason I started this podcast. Getting to know when you need help is the most important part of balancing your life. Everyone. Absolutely everyone will need help at certain point in their life. Going to therapy isn't a sign of weakness and isn't anything to be ashamed about. Admitting that you need help and reaching out for this is really important so that you can get back on track. It's also important to understand that you don't have to hit rock bottom or have a diagnosed mental health condition in order to benefit from therapy. It might be that there's something troubling you at the moment or you need some help and guidance with certain areas of your life with like your self-esteem or you have problems in your relationships or you have issues with your past that have resurfaced that that's pretty common if you have trauma from your childhood. And you can talk to therapists about anything you're going through if it's having a negative impact on how you're feeling. Look, there are signs that you can look for and those signs will let you know if you need to reach out. You know, if you're starting feeling anxious about things, like you can't control yourself. I know that at nighttime, since my grandma passed away, as soon as I lay my head in the pillow, I am starting to think about her and I cannot help not to tear up and feel sad about it. And I think it's a process that you have to pass through and that might be a sign that I'm getting anxious. And if that is, I want to know. And that's the reason why I'm in therapy right now. So I can know if that is something I need to worry about or if this is a process that I need to pass through in order to let myself or my head and my mind and my brain know that, yes, we love someone that we really care about. And that can give us a little bit of anxiety at night before going to bed, or it can make us not sleep, you know, the right amount of time. If you're generally feeling overwhelmed with everything, like if you, everything is overwhelming you, that is another sign. If you're overthinking and feeling 
as you're not able to switch off from your thoughts, like if you're not able to make that disconnection from your thoughts, then that's another sign. You're feeling low or more tearful than usual. Like for me, I, I still will have times during the day where I'm not doing nothing. <laughs> that's when it hits me. It's not when I'm busy because I keep myself extremely busy. I have so much to do. I have so many things to do all the time with the kids, with the house, with my dog, with my husband. With So those little moments of time where I am alone, how how are you feeling in those little times? Like, how are you feeling when the lights are off and when you're going to sleep and you're laying in the pillow? Do you can't stop crying every night? Because, I mean, me, it's like on and on off. You know, I have days when I'm very good. And I just go straight to sleep because I'm very tired. But I have other days where I think about her and it makes me sad. And I, you know, that's going to happen. And when you go to therapy, they will explain to you, you know, what are the signs that you really need to worry about and what is kind of normal. Also, if you are feeling, if you're getting angry more easily or struggling to regulate your emotions, like if, you, if it's been a year since this person passed away or since your loss or whatever happened to you and you're still struggling to get it together, then that might be a sign that you need therapy. If you're sleeping more or less than usual, you know, you don't want to get up from the bed, but all you want to do is lay down. I don't blame you because sometimes we're all tired and we want to do that, but all the time sleeping might not be a good sign or if you're sleeping less, like I'm, I'm usually at eight to nine hours sleeper. And lately I was getting five, six hours. So that is less. So that was another sign that I look into before getting into therapy. And I put an, a notepad next to my bed to put everything that I was feeling that was different from what I usually do. Another sign would be that you're eating more or less than usual. Um, I usually go through fasting, but that has nothing to do with eating more or less. I think I was doing pretty good with that. I do like and enjoy eating very much. And there's another sign would be avoiding socializing with other people. I know the first days I didn't want to see anyone and I know my birthday came up and I remember I told them I didn't want to do anything and my friends, um, one of my best friends made a party for me and not a party. It was I correct that it wasn't a party. She made a dinner for me and it was very intimate friends. It wasn't like a bunch of people that I know. It was just very intimate friends. And when I got there, I couldn't control myself. I started crying. Of course, everybody's like, oh, so it's okay. It's going to be okay. You know what I was like? I just didn't want to be surrounded by people. Sometimes I wanted to be like alone, but at the same time, I'm also so grateful for them because I know that's what I will do for them as well. You know what I mean? If they tell me I don't want to see you because you're feeling really down, then I'm probably going to do the exact same thing <laughs> just because you don't want that person to be alone. Right. But yeah, there there's times where you just want to be alone and, and that's completely OK. It is completely OK. Another sign will be that you're uninterested in activities or hobbies that you used to enjoy doing. So like for me, it would be dancing. Like I was without dancing for, I think, two weeks. That was my maximum. I cannot live without dancing. I, I just can't. Like, and I can feel so sad and I can probably dance to sad songs as well, you know, because that's just 
how I am. And some people will probably don't understand that if they don't know who you are or where you come from or how your life is. Like if sign is um, dancing is probably a sign of happiness, right? But not all of the time is you're dancing because you're happy. You're dancing because you want to feel better because dancing makes you feel better. And that's where I get from dancing. Dancing, it's where I can express myself at my maximum potential as a human being. And when I'm in the dance floor, when I'm in front of a mirror, when I'm in the gym, where I'm performing, when I am teaching, I that's that's where where I feel better where I am like, okay, this is me. This is what I do. And it's just a very good feeling. So if you're, if that feeling ever goes away from you unintentionally, I think it's because there might be a struggle or something is really happening. Another sign will be if you're struggling at work or university or your school, like not, you're not focused, you're not You're not able to concentrate when you're doing your work. That might be a sign that you might need some help. If you're feeling hopeless or you're using substances such as drugs or alcohol to help you get through the day. I know that there was a certain point in my life where um, I think my son Julian was probably a couple months old. We were living in Germany and I was heavily drinking. Um, I think. I needed wine every night to be able to relax and to be able to sleep well. I think the stress of being a mother of two young children was bringing me to a point where I was needing alcohol to disconnect for myself. Well, I could be looking for something else. Like nowadays, I I look for tea. <laughs> You know, I still need something, but it's a little bit less risky or say it that way, right? But um, I think we all look for those things to kind of help you get through the day. And and I think I was doing something wrong by looking for wine because I was relying on that glass of wine. And not that I drink a bottle, I was drinking only one glass a night, but I really needed it. I was becoming so codependent of that glass of wine that it could possible escalate in the future into more and more and more. And I didn't want to continue going through that path. So I slowed down onto the point that I barely drink now. I like to say that I drink on special occasions only. And that's because I still enjoy having a glass of wine here and there. But It doesn't mean that I need it or I co-depend on it anymore because it was something that I feel like it could have been a problem in the future and I didn't want to go through it. And for last, um, if you're having thoughts of harming yourself or feeling as you don't want to be here in this beautiful world anymore, I don't think that will go with me. I love life so much. I enjoy everything that I'm able to do. And I really, truly just put my hands on grass, sand, the ground, and I feel the connection with earth. I don't know if it's the yogi talking in me or what it is, but I really need that connection all the time. And when I escape to the mountains to hike with my friends or my family, and I'm over there, just out there, it, it is such a great feeling. Is that feeling where All of your senses are connected in one and you're just feeling so good. 
that feeling right there is priceless for me. That feeling of holding my kids and hugging them is priceless for me. That feeling of being able to call your loved ones, even if they're far away, that's priceless to me. And that thought of harming myself or feeling like I don't want to be here anymore will never happen. And I hope it never happened. And I hope that if you are having any of those thoughts or if it even crossed your mind even once, I hope that this podcast can help you and lead you into getting the help that you need on time because that is so important. And this symptoms might be a sign of an existing mental illness, such as depression, anxiety, or addiction. Or they might just start it for no clear reason, right? If you've recently gone through something particularly stressful or traumatic, you lost someone, and this is having an impact on how you're feeling, whatever the cause is, if these problems or emotions are having a negative impact on your well-being and they are affecting your ability to function in your daily life, it's important to get help. And there are many types of therapies that can help you to overcome your mental health worries and take back control of your life. And I know that when I was looking for information, one of the main things that I wanted to know, like, where are going to be the benefits of me getting therapy, right? Because like I have friends, I can tell them, I can talk to them and tell them everything that is going on with my life. And they will give me some kind of advice, you know, based on their own life, based on their own experiences. But it doesn't mean that is exactly what I need. Maybe what I need is talk to someone who I don't have a connection with and hear a perspective from someone who don't really care for me enough to make things look or presentable or pretty. Do you know what I mean? Like getting a truth is completely different from hearing it from someone that cares about you because they care about you. They might tell you things in a different way. And that's that was not what I was looking for. And therapy has a lot of benefits and it has the potential to have a hugely positive impact on your well-being and your quality of life. And effective therapy can improve multiple areas of your life. Like you can be benefiting your emotional part, your socially part, your professionally and even helping you feel better physically. But some of the basic benefits of therapy will include the use of proven and evidence-based techniques to explore your issues and help you get back on track. Many therapeutic methods will equip you with skills and coping mechanisms for life, like meaning that you're able to use these tools in the future. Or if you, feel, if you ever feel like you might be struggling, then you can get that tools that they will give you the skills and you will use them like you will know what to do. And you can also have the chance to talk openly and honestly with someone who is truly qualified, you know, in a non-judgmental way, the way I explain, like they don't even know you and they will uphold your confidentiality with whatever you are going through in that therapy. If you're not like me, that you expose your life on a podcast, then you will sure have that confidentiality with them. And this is especially beneficial if you have been suffering in silence for a long time, or if you don't feel as you can open up to friends or family about what you're going through. You know, therapy can give you like a safe space to work through issues and 
someone who's compassionate and objective about things in life. And I think that will be one of the benefits you can get. Another thing could be the opportunity to learn more about yourself. This might include learning from the past that has shaped you and who to who you are and to who I am. I mean, therapy for me has been that I, I have taken the opportunity to learn a lot about myself and, and what are the things that have shaped me, what are like my weakness and my strengths and, and why you feel the way you do. And, and it could be triggering your emotions and that is okay because that's where you want to get, you know, developing a more true understanding of yourself can help you to be aware of your feelings and why they have to come out, like why are they out and how you can cope better in the future. It's everything about learning how to deal with everything because we were thrown into the world, you know, and they're like, okay, there's the world. Go conquer, right? But there's always going to be a stone. There's always going to be a step. There's always going to be something that is going to bring us down. And well, how do we get up? How do we improve that? You know, and also improving your relationship with other people, including your loved ones, the people you work with. Therapy can help you develop more self-awareness so you know how your behaviors might be impacting on others. And it might also enable you to communicate better with other people. Also, if you have problems like with your partner, with your husband, with your family, there are like a specific therapies for all of this that they can help you to resolve this and move forwards in the in a more healthy way. Um, me and my husband, we've been through couples therapy before and we talk about this in other episodes of the podcast. Not every session is going to be great and you need to be aware of that. There might be some sessions where you feel like you don't want to go back to therapy. <laughs> But then you know you really need it. And then that makes you go to therapy. But for me, that's been an amazing relief to be able to just have someone that I know I can choose scale an appointment and go talk about what's happening. You know, you can improve your self-esteem. A therapy can help you set goals for the future and empowers you to be proactive and taking positive steps forward. Since I started all of this, I have made better decisions except for rock climbing but <laughs> besides that I have made pretty good decisions since I started changing a lot of the things that I used to do and this can increase your confidence and your ability to take charge of your own emotions and well-being you also have the ability to access therapy at a time and a place that suits you there are a lot of online counseling services that allows you to receive expert counseling and therapy from the comfort of your own home and that is so good because in the past we did not have that right I don't think my mother or my grandmother had the ability to receive therapy and I think if they wouldn't have had that opportunity things wouldn't have changed a long time ago we wouldn't have to be the positions where sometimes we were exposed to as a kid and I feel like that wouldn't have been better so but right now there's no excuses because there is online services that you can go to and get it and you don't really have to make excuses for not being able to control your life. You There's no more excuses. You have it available. Like there's even services for the militaries which are completely free. And I know most people think that they can be their own therapist. I have heard this several times like, no, 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 I'm my own therapist. I don't need any of that. Yes, there are several ways you can help yourself. And being your own therapist is about taking command to develop and implement the skills necessary to better anticipate and manage mental health challenges. 
In other words, self-therapy is an informal psychological intervention delivered by yourself to yourself without the input of a trained therapist. And what they call self-therapy isn't equal to or a replacement of therapy. However, it could be a great complement to professional support. And if you want to find some of the ways that you can help yourself without going to therapy, one of them will be journaling. And you can write about your thoughts, emotions, and experiences, and that can help you identify thinking and your behavioral patterns and challenges. And this awareness is essential to step to working on your mental health on your own. Um, I do keep a journal. I don't write on it every day. I don't know if we will call it a journal if I don't write on it every day, but I mainly write things that are a concern for me, things that happens and I don't feel okay with it. I know that if you don't talk to me about this when I was 20 years old, I would probably laugh about it because I was not the same person that I am today. I dated once a guy who keep a journal and I found out his car once. Very sorry if he's hearing this. When I found his journal, I didn't know it was a journal. I opened it and it had my name on it. And I was concerned about it because I was like, why does he have my name on it? And then I remember it said, um, Sully didn't call me today. I'm very concerned, but I'm going to wait until she calls back. And at that time, because I was very immature, I I was a little scared at the same time. I didn't see things the same way as I do right now. And I wasn't self-aware of all of the things that I know today, right? So I think I got a little scared at the beginning and then I laughed and then I didn't see the guy again. Um, I don't know how to explain that. Uh, <laughs> I don't have any excuses because the, a more mature person will probably talk to the person and see like what... Why were you writing that or what makes you think that or what makes you feel like you needed to like journal about me? You know what? But the problem was that he was probably having a lot of feelings for me and I wasn't reciprocating the feelings. And when I found that, I thought that he was a little crazy and I didn't want to see him again. And I have no reasons to defense myself and and what I did or not giving him a reason why I didn't see him anymore. But um, I think it was just my level of maturity is just wasn't there. I wasn't going to be able to understand even if he explained what it was or what was he journaling about me or what was his deep feelings about me. I don't think none of that stuff will actually matter because at that moment I wasn't looking for love per se. I don't think I was. I think I was more about enjoying the moment and having a good time and not really thinking about his feelings. So yeah, I think if the tables would have turned around and I will be him and he will be me, um, the position where I put myself into very vulnerable position by writing why this person hasn't reach out to me or call him or call me because I miss them or because I want to spend time with them will be very hurtful and not hearing from them again will be even more hurtful. Another way that you can help yourself will be with self-help books. Learning from others, people's experiences and expertise can support your self-help journey. You can find self-help books on topics such as motivation and inspiration. 
which are my favorite type of books. I love books about motivation and inspiration. They are my number one for self-help books. I really enjoy those books and I think finding those books are treasure to me. I Once I found one, I'm, I want to share it with everyone that I know so they can take advantage of it too, especially if I know that it's a book that is going to be making a difference in my life. You can also read books about specific therapeutic techniques associated with psychotherapy approaches like cognitive behavioral therapy. These psychotherapy approaches are often effective for depression, anxiety, relationship challenges, and personality disorders. The World Health Organization also offers a self-help recovery planning manual that you can find online. Another way that you can help yourself will be by guided courses. Self-help doesn't mean you have to do it all by yourself. You can learn more about mental health tools for signing up for an in-person or online course. Coursera and Udemy offer a variety of mental health related courses by accredited institutions that you can probably look that up. And there is also the National Alliance of Mental Illness and also offers a resource directory for mental health education. So there are plenty of ways that you can look it up. And for last but not least, we have phone apps because we live in a modern world where we have to take advantage of all the good things we have. So if you ever downloaded a habit tracker or a meditation program or even a relaxation game on your phone, then you already use a self-help digital tool. Self-help apps can include general resources like self-assessments, worksheets, or courses. And you can also find mental health apps for specific challenges, for anxiety, for smoking, for depression, for stress management, and relaxation. You can find all of this information online and it's pretty easy to be found these days. Look guys, I know, feeling weak is not cool. No one ever wants to be the weakest. No one wants people's pity, but absolutely everyone, at least once in their life, will need help. And when that happens, please remember there is help available online, in person, over the phone. Don't have to wait until you hit rock bottom, until anxiety and depression is on you. Getting help when you need it is so important because it can save you. It can save you time, it can save you money, and it could avoid having to rely on medications to stay calm in the future. You don't have to be the strongest person at all times. Don't feel ashamed of your weaknesses. What other people lack of, you have it. And what you have, other people lack of. It's not going to be the same. If I am the greatest dancer, doesn't mean that everybody else needs to be great. If I am a great climber, doesn't mean everyone else is. If I am the strongest lifting weights or riding a bicycle or doing a triathlon, doesn't mean everyone else also have to do the same things. Learn what your strongest and weaknesses areas are so you can take control of your life. Learn how to say no. When you know you are not capable of doing these things, learn from me. I will continue therapy until I feel like I don't need it anymore. I am very happy that I was able to schedule myself into therapy and that I am able to produce this podcast without self-shaming, without shaming my own self about it 
and feeling bad about feeling weak or not feeling strong or not feeling capable or just feeling like a whole mess because it is okay to sometimes not to be okay. And I hear this from someone that I know and I hear it many times from her. She said, and actually I introduced you guys to her in one of my podcasts. She said many times it is okay not to be okay. So that's how I feel today. I feel like it is okay not to be okay sometimes and that sometimes we're going to need help and that sometimes we're going to be weak and that sometimes we're not going to be perfect and sometimes we're going to have a whole mess, but eventually we'll be okay. And when that storm passes, when the sun comes out again and it will shine again, then you will bright again and it's perfectly okay to feel discouraged sometimes not to feel energetic and not to feel like hanging out with a bunch of people. But it's also okay to go back to seeing your friends. It's also okay to go back to eat dinner with them. It's also okay to go back to dancing if that's what makes me happy. Because we all not crave the same way. We are not the same. So what you might need in order to feel better might be what some other person need but what I need might be completely different from what you need and the moment we learn to accept that accept that we are not the same and we don't need the same things and the moment we're stopping so judgmental about other people that moment is magic that moment is magic because at that moment we are real at that moment we know that we are humans that we're not perfect and that everything that is happening is for a reason and that we learn from everything good and bad and to make mistakes is to actually leave because that's part of living so thank you again for listening to my podcast i i truly enjoy recording and producing every single episode for you guys i think my life wouldn't be the same if i didn't have the opportunity to share my experiences with you guys and i hope you guys enjoy it I hope you guys like it and share it because it's the only way I can continue spreading the words of encourage that I try to bring to everyone. And I would love to hear from all of you guys. I would love to hear it. I hope this gets to be one of those episodes that can make an impact at least for one person. As I said, I don't need it to go global. Mainly, I maybe just want to reach that right person that might be wondering and might be needing a little support today thank you so much for listening and much love to all of you see you guys